This is Craig from the Res, and you're listening to Radio Brendo Man with Captain Phil Vecchio. Hello and welcome to another episode of Radio Brendo Man. I'm Brendan Creasy. And I'm Phil Vecchio. And we have a special guest here once again joining the show, author James Riley. James, how you doing? Good. Thank you for having me again. Oh, it's great well, to have you. Thank it's you been, for coming back. It's been too long because we, we, things were a little crazy last year when your last book came out. And so it's good to have you back now that we've read your third book. Your, your ultimate masterpiece so far. <laughs> Thank you. I, I'm not kidding. Like we have been, I've been freaking out about these books, James, and I've oh, been thanks. promoting them to like everyone that asks, like, like because my wife's a teacher. So anytime a parent asks, like, what should we read? I'm like, tell them, tell them story thieves, get them on it. It's amazing. Thank so, you. Yeah. So since we last spoke, you have um, published two books in your series. The second one being uh, the hidden chapters. Uh, yeah, stolen chapters. chapters. Stolen yeah. chapters. Sorry, it's been a while. And then um, the one that just came out in January is Secret Origins. Yes. And now it seems like you're bumping up your release schedule here, and your next book is coming out in September. Is that correct? Yeah, that was sort of a, a nightmare thing to do. I was like, why not write two books a year? What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> and uh, yeah, the next book is a choose your own adventure book, and it's also. <laughs> It's a time travel book as well, and oh so my gosh. it uh, it was not a good book to bump up a schedule on. Um, but it's done now, so I'm I'm psyched about it because well, so that is good now. Yeah. Looking back, <laughs> but was yeah. that like some serious crunch time for you? It, it wasn't that so much as just like I my brain was broken constantly when I was trying to write <laughs> that book, like having to do the multiple options. You know, some of which would lead to dead ends, but a lot of which would lead to. Um, either a new story idea or sort of cycling back so that, uh, you know, you could kind of make the same decision twice. Um, I didn't want to give readers any choice that would kind of dead end them completely. So even when you get Owen, say, eaten by dinosaurs, which is definitely an option, um, <laughs> you, I wanted, I wanted the reader to have options from there and not just like, well, go back if you remember the page number. So typically, um, somebody comes in and says, maybe, try not having him eaten next time. Maybe <laughs> we're trying to teach Owen a, a lesson here, and the lesson is not necessarily going to take if he's getting digested by dinosaurs. So let's try this again. Uh, so that was kind of fun to write. Um, the The interesting thing, I can talk about the other books too, but the interesting thing about the book four is I just actually met my um, audiobook narrator, and I, I felt really bad because this guy is he's an amazing, his name is Kirby Hay, Hayward. Uh, and he's an amazing narrator and everything, and he does a great job. And I'm like, I don't know how you could possibly do a choose your own adventure book. <laughs> I've never even heard of a choose yeah. your own adventure audiobook. That's that sounds amazing. Like, skip like do you chapters? skip chapters yeah, and stuff? Like, how does that even work? I have no idea. And so I I started thinking about it, and I was like, I guess we could just have him as the narrator, sort of be like, here's what happens if you choose this direction or that direction. <laughs> But that seems like a nightmare. But so I, I actually looked it up, and uh, you know how um, 
Neil Patrick Harris did a choose your own adventure for his audiobook or for his Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He did an audiobook too, and that was sort of how they did that. They were like, We will we will pick the options for you. Oh okay. gotcha. Okay. Um there's a I was I was like, Can you like hit next on track? Can you hit next twice if if you choose one thing or and I was like, That's gonna get a little dicey. The yeah. cool thing sorry, good. Oh no, sorry, I was just um saying yeah, it's exciting. Um <laughs> The cool thing would have been if I had thought about it ahead of time and like written a book that could have been like taking advantage of the audiobook format and done something cool with that, but that would have been completely separate and I <laughs> never even considered it um, until right now. So yeah, well, we have we have some friends um, that are on our podcast network that do a choose your own adventure style podcast. Actually, yeah, oh, it's cool. called Pick Your Path and. But it's they, they, it's really tricky. They had to. It only works on. They can. It, it's very specific because they're the Apple Audio format, the AAC. They allow chapters, and then mm. you do you like skip to whatever chapter. It's like for this path, go this. But it's. I guess it takes a lot of work. Yeah, they were saying. really cool though. Yeah, and that's kind of what I was thinking. Like I, I mean, I'm so low tech. I was thinking about like CD, um, just skipping right. yeah. track. But yeah, I would assume you could do that easier. Or harder. I don't even know. There's a whole like audio department at Simon and Schuster that I just gave a massive headache to. Uh, <laughs> I'm yeah, like, here's, guys. Here's, here's some ideas. Yeah, <laughs> I, I do. It's so hopefully that book is fun. And the the whole point of it was to kind of do something like in each of these books. Um, the first three less so, but I wanted to do stuff that you could kind of only do with books. Uh, and so the choose your own adventure thing was one of the big ones. Um, oh yeah. But yeah, so you guys have read Secret Origins, you know. Yes, absolutely. You, you know what I'm talking about then. It how Owen blew gets. our brains out. It was very. Um, <laughs> I mean, you kind of um, every book it seems is kind of taking these new steps into the ultimate meta book. Yeah, and then this one kind of blew that open in a whole new way that I wasn't expecting. Where now, I mean, we'll put a spoiler warning on this, but because we really want to discuss these right, things, right? Sure. Um, but now you have incorporated your entire audience into the fictional world. Yep. In a kind of ingenious <laughs> way, and also while you're at it, you've gone, you've pulled a full Stephen King and incorporated your previous work into this greater body, which is very impressive. Thank you. I, I, it's one of those things I kind of just threw in there in case anyone noticed, but I didn't like go too hard on it and be like, that was this? like a dark tower moment for me when that, that, when that one dropped, I was very excited. Thank you. That's, that's kind of what I did. I wanted to do it just for fun. If anyone noticed and if anyone didn't, then that was fine too. Like you don't need to know that I had previously written a fairy tale series or anything, but right. it's, yeah, it's just fun. Um, the, making the audience and the readers fictional, uh, certainly helps with the next book. In a lot of ways. Yeah. Because just spoilers left and right here, but like since nobody throws Owen into a choose your own adventure book to show him what it's like to live as a fictional character with somebody in charge of your of your destiny and making decisions for you, kind of pushing you in a direction, uh and taking away the element of control from your life. Um, I wanted to him, him to nobody kind of appeals to readers at the very beginning of the next book. He writes a letter to them. And says basically, if you're reading this, you're fictional. Uh, you, if you theoretically have read the rest of the Story Thieves series, you know what's happening. You know what your your world actually is now. Uh, and now you get the chance to kind of like take back some of the control. And we're going to uh, teach a lesson to this young man who 
um, has only seen life from the opposite perspective. So, uh, so we as fictional characters can exact our revenge on the real world people. Exactly. Especially, specifically Owen. Yeah. And his story. Who you've been reading about and maybe uh, from nobody's perspective, you've been kind of, um, you know, getting upset by what you're reading and, and sort of finding out what your new world actually is or your, mm-hmm. your world always has been. Uh, that that made it more fun for me. I mean, there's also a perspective of, I for kids, I like to kind of suggest that anything is possible. And in the fictional world in my universe is very much like, you'll see this, there's uh, the time travel thing in book four allows you to either go to the future or the past. And if you go to the past, uh, you'll discover how the fictional world came to be. Um, <laughs> if you go to the future, you discover other things. And so hopefully it's that you you would learn different things. So hopefully it's kind of a reason to go to both. Um, so I didn't, I didn't want to kind of feel like I was cheating people out of half a book. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's the fictional world in my, in my mind, at least is, is a world that's full of possibilities. You can become anything you want. You can, uh, do anything you want. You can rewrite your story in a lot of ways like nobody does. Uh, so that seemed like a kind of, um, healthier outlook for, for readers than to be like, well, you're in the non-fictional world. Magic doesn't exist. Just go back to your boring lives. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it, when it came down to choosing, I was like, this will be fun. It might give me so, a bit of a headache. but you know. I used to be obsessed with Choose Your Own Adventure books. In fact, I still have like my Would entire you collection. Choose Your Own Adventure starring yeah. a certain property? Yeah, my first like r- attempt at writing a book when I was in like third grade was I wrote a Choose Your Own Adventure about Ghostbusters. Awesome. Um, I got about like four or five decisions in before my parents like broke the news to me that since I didn't own those characters, I couldn't actually like sell that book. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I guess I'm going to do something else then. But when I used to read those, like I would put little bookmarks in every choice and then I would go back and make sure that I got every single ending before I was done with the book. And on those, they would tell you how many endings there were on the cover. Are you going to reveal up front how many endings we have? So uh, because this is a series, I made sure that... Um, no matter which ending, ultimately, if you get to the end, there there's another very large choice to make. One ending um, ends the series completely, and the other oh. ending um, will continue. So, when if you choose the ending that ends the series, somebody comes in, and it's a different somebody from the beginning of the series, so it's not nobody anymore. Somebody else comes in and talks to you. I can't really say... <laughs> How this all works because it's all kind of spoilers, but well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We don't, yeah. we don't want that. But. I didn't, I didn't want kids to feel like they might have gotten a different ending when they're starting a new book. So mm-hmm. the book is very much you can get to the ending in a variety of ways, but once you get there, there will be one ending that leads into book five. Okay, um, okay. And, but like along those lines, uh, I have a few different things to bring up with choose your own adventure books, like. I, I would also I would hold pages in case I was making a bad choice and I was about to die. So I definitely, <laughs> oh, yeah, that was me. Once Owen starts to figure out, I mean, he knows he's in a choose your own adventure book from the beginning because nobody mentions it. But once he starts to realize what's happening and like how it's actually working, he starts to try to bargain with readers and gets frustrated with them when they choose wrongly in his mind. But he also starts making suggestions. Like there's a point where they aren't really sure how to find something. So Owen's like. Okay, look at your choices, hold the page down, and flip forward. And if we die on that next page, just turn back really quick. <laughs> because I felt like, you know, somebody who knows what he's doing can kind of offer a little help. 
yeah, especially yeah. if you're in that situation, you're going to use all the the you know secrets and knowledge that you might have. Um, so that that was one of the fun parts for me is kind of taking the meta knowledge about choose your own adventure books. The other thing I was going to say, did you ever read the interplanetary spy books? No, didn't know. Those were they were choose your own adventure books, but they were also it was more like a puzzle. So you had okay. to. There, were, I think there were like a few options that you had that would lead you to different story elements. But a lot of it would be like you're a, a spy in space, and you're you'd have a case, and you'd have to like uh, break into doors and stuff. And they'd have like a computer panel with like a little mini game kind of puzzle on the. So you'd have to like choose which of three tiles would complete the puzzle, and then you'd go to one of those three pages, and you'd die in two of them, and the third would continue on. Those were oh, that's cool. Those were really cool. I mean, it kind of took the the theme and played with it a bit so it was still an interactive book but it was less about making ultimate choices and more about kind of how to get through it so it felt like you were it was putting you in that book um yeah i had no idea those were a favorite of mine there's also something called wizards and warriors and you got to choose if, which one you'd be from the start oh yeah i had a couple of those those are fun too i i love the idea of interactive books and i feel like we've kind of gotten away with that a little bit uh they were I, huge for a while. I mean, because then there were also like role playing books. Like there was like all those different ones, and it was pretty huge. Uh, apparently, my publisher did some Buffy the Vampire Slayer books. Oh, I think uh, I had one of those too. Yeah, yeah. And my my uh, managing editor actually worked on them, so she's like, "Yeah, check them out. See how we did them." I was like, "That's a all the excuse I need." So I, I picked them <laughs> all up. Those were a little different. They would have like. You know, a choose your own adventure book would probably have a choice on like every page, every other page, or at least mm-hmm. like have you turn at the end of each page. Yeah. Um, these Buffy ones would actually have like four or five pages of text and then a choice, which seemed like kind of a, a middle ground between like the older version and then like a, kind of a, a normal book that was just yeah. adding some choices in. And I kind of went more with that style because writing a novel, it's just. There was a there was a point where I was actually going to write something that was completely up to the reader, uh, and that was that was the first version of this that I did, and it was kind of it was chaotic <laughs> and just a nightmare, but it was so much fun. Like it was the one of the first choices you had was whether you're going to put Owen into a horror story, um, a fantasy story, a science fiction story, or um, a real life story. And then each one of those areas, you'd be able to be in complete control. So if you pick the horror story, which is the one I was working on first, you got to choose whether he was being chased by, like, clown monsters, zombies, whether you send him into the basement to find, uh, like, an elder horror from, like, Lovecraft stuff. Like, all these options were available to you, so you could basically kill Owen in however many ways you wanted. (laughs) That was a little probably too much <laughs> for, <laughs> for the series. Uh, it, it was a little too open-ended. It would have been a ton of fun to write and a ton of fun, hopefully, to read, but it wouldn't have felt like the story leaves books a little bit. So instead, I had um, Owen John... Like, uh, he goes into a time travel book that is also Choose Your Own Adventure, so there's still kind of that element of jumping into a genre. Um, but yeah, that, that created its own problems, too. <laughs> That's so cool. Um, I I also, had, I mean, speaking of interactive books, did you ever read or look at Maze by any chance? No. Um, it, it was like a visual, like, choose your own adventure type thing that you solve puzzles and went to different pages based on how you solve the puzzle within the picture on each page. Oh, that's cool. I like um, that. It's amazing. My, my brother runs yeah, an, an escape room. Crazy. I don't know if you're familiar with escape room yeah. at all. Yeah, yeah. 
And um, he, like, he collects and, like, is, is selling and stuff. Uh, books, kind of like you mentioned, books that do things that you can only do with a physical media. Yeah. So cool. things that wouldn't work as a, as a you know, ebook or an the, audio book. The or newer one of those would be, like, S, like the J.J. Abrams yes. project. Yes. Which Phil and I... Phil, did you ever finish it? I still haven't because it's I finished so dense, it, but it's beautiful. But, and then for a while I found like the whole meta game with that with all the like there's still some unsolved puzzles in that one, <laughs> apparently, which is crazy. And like but they're like I mean, it's like serious. You have to be like a serious decoder cryptographer to figure some of that stuff out. That stuff is immensely cool to me. I don't have the patience to kind of do the, the like, in real life parts of those. Yeah. I, but I, I love, like, I love the books that, it, like, add, like, physical elements to them or do, like, a House of Leaves kind of thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. House of Leaves is huge for me. I, that book just blew my brain open. Yeah. Uh, we but talked I, about it a lot on the show. I just love kind of playing with the format. Um, and there was another book, I forget the author, he's actually a comic book guy, uh, but it's called Meanwhile. And it's very much like a physical, um, it's a comic strip in a book and, Mm -hmm. um, the choices that you make in the panels will lead to like little, um, ribbons that run off the page. And then on the side are different tabs that as you go back and forth within the book, the ribbons will change. So they'll lead to different choices and everything. Um, and it's, it's, it's the most complicated thing and I have no idea how he does it. He's a genius though. Um, but it's it's exactly that. There's no way that book could be done in audio or yeah. ebook or anything else, right. just because it's it's like a it's like an architectural puzzle. That's so cool. That's yeah. awesome. What's that one I, called? Meanwhile. Yeah, I definitely recommend picking that up. Yeah, yeah. And we've talked before. So we've talked before about how you've kind of keep track of your stories and everything. But has has that gotten more difficult to do as your as this saga has gotten more and more complicated? Like, how are you? Keeping track of this, especially now that you, James Riley, who isn't actually James Riley, are you're the villain of the whole, or or you're the architect behind all of this? You've put yourself in the universe. I'd like to think, you know, that <laughs> nobody isn't that bad. Oh, he's a, <laughs> he's got good intentions. He's yeah, he's trying to uh, he's trying to separate the worlds for for the benefit of the fictional people. He doesn't understand fully, which uh, you will if you go certain directions in the next book. You will fully understand um, what that means. How mm-hmm. if you if you go to the past and you figure out how they kind of came about, you'll get more information as to how the universes are connected, and so therefore, like, say they get separated. Uh, what the the fifth book is called Worlds Apart, by the way. Oh man! Ooh. So yeah, that's a spoiler that right there. It's exciting. Uh, so yeah, I'm writing that right now. So um, it's everything is kind of actually feels more simple at this point. Writing book five because I've kind of laid out how everything works in some yeah. ways. So it's it's complicated in that I'm trying to wrap everything up in book five, but it also feels like. I've kind of, by the end of book four, I've put everything out there that I need to. So it's almost like once I tell the reader everything they need to know, I can sort of stop worrying about parceling out information and putting hints down. Uh, by the time I get to the last book, it's just like, this is where it's going. This is how it's going to end. This is where everything needs to wrap up. So it's kind of, it's almost gotten easier in that way. I don't know if that makes a lot of sense. But it's like yeah. all the all the buildup is done. I've built like everything except for the roof and the house. And it, it was certainly complicated to do, but it's done, and so I can just kind of 
hopefully build a fun roof, not have it too many leaks. <laughs> now, so the fifth book is intended to be the last in the series. Is that correct? Yes. Um, okay. It won't. I, I actually had a very, very final ending to the series that I was thinking about doing. I, I'm kind of, I'm leaving it a bit open for now. I may go back and do um, a spinoff series. I think it'd be kind of fun to do kind of a Doctor Who thing. So maybe, Ooh. maybe like some of the characters aren't the same. Um, kind of, it would require somebody like Bethany or Bethany herself to be in it. Mm-hmm. But if if she's the equivalent of the Doctor, then maybe Owen is kind of her companion. That person could switch out. Uh, and I actually had a, a fun idea for sort of a, a second five book series dealing with people from the fictional world. But I don't. Um, that's not what I'm going to do next. So I'm I'm kind of just leaving it open. Um, it'll be it'll definitely be an ending, and these characters' stories will all end. But there will be like a very easy possibility of continuing if I wanted. Hmm. I don't blow up the universes. Like, <laughs> that's good. Not for long. Maybe in the future. The fun so, thing with time travel was I got to kill everybody basically. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Do you have, like, another new project in mind as well? Yes. Um, I'm going to start a new series after I finish this book. and that So book five will be out next April. And then um, the first book in a new series, which I have, but I don't really want to... I can't really say anything about because my okay. my editor has to be all good with it first. Um, so that, that would be out the following April, theoretically. Okay. It's, it's kind of an, an Ender's Game with magic instead of... Aliens and science fiction idea, Ooh. which sounds right. kind of like Harry. It sounds a little bit like Harry Potter, but less, um, more political, less uh, kind of world building, a little bit less potions classes, more. Will this kill you? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Phil's finally reading Harry Potter. He's almost done. Yeah, I'm in the middle of the last book. Took him this long. So. You, I actually had a, a father write in and yell at me for spoiling that Dumbledore dies <laughs> in, in, in my first book. Did I spoil that for you? You didn't even remember. I, well, here's the thing. Phil doesn't when remember I read anything. That, I had not ever, I hadn't watched the movies and I never read the book, so I, I obviously read I that, but that, I didn't remember. I also yeah. know for a fact that Phil, because I feel like Dumbledore dies has entered the cultural zeitgeist. For sure. And the fact that Phil had never even... Heard that or and well, knew that? It didn't mean anything or, to me because I didn't know what that was. I really? Don't know. At the time, <laughs> I find that so crazy. Because I only just started reading it last year, like the books, you know. So when I heard those Which things, I basically it just, forced him to do. Yeah, it's good. I mean, I'm enjoying it, but I just I don't know. Never got around to it. So it's Damn. not. It's not like you're not crazily obsessed though. You oh like no. Him. Yeah. No, honestly, I didn't. And I did not remember that you. Do you I mean, feel obsessed now? Is this not catching into you? Yeah. What Harry Potter? I love it. It's it's good. It's not like it's not like Story Thieves good, but it's good. Oh, man. oh don't say that. <laughs> I'm, no, I will go on record. I'm not kidding. It's not just because we're interviewing you. Like they're awesome. You're awesome. Thank you. Feels very excited. About I, I, I really am. I don't. I don't accept that, but I I appreciate it. I, I told Brendan, like, we need to get James back on the show. I'm like, I don't know if he'll even talk to us anymore. Like, he, after he oh, wrote, yeah. wrote that, like, I don't know, we might be out. Oh, yeah. So I'm He's glad you came back. <laughs> so important now. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. yeah. So you said I wonder, you're writing right now. Um, 
like, do you, I, I, I don't remember if we've talked about this before, but like, when you were like actively writing, is that like you set aside a certain number of hours a day? Or do you like, do you have like a routine? Like, what um, is that? What does your day look like as a writer? So I still, I have a day job still. Okay. I, I'm Man, editor. that's a lot of juggling. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of uniquely suited. I'm, uh, an editor at USA Today. I don't know if I mentioned okay. that last time, but I, yeah, I think a, so. Yeah, I'm a travel editor, so I send other writers out, which means I edit their stuff, but I don't have to do much writing during the day. So okay. usually I write either, um, five pages before work or after work, or if I'm kind of, uh, on a slightly, like, faster deadline, then I write both times, so usually ten pages a day. I don't go too crazy. Um, and then when I edit, I usually edit about 20 pages a day, or 40, depending. Um, that's usually about as much, um, I don't know, creativity, something, whatever, whatever <laughs> it is in my brain that lets me put things on paper. That's usually, there are days where I'll get to, like, you know, six or seven, and I'm just like, no, I should stop. Because it, it just, because there will also be days where I'm kind of struggling to get to five, and I'm, like, constantly scrolling back and being like, oh, this is only three? How is this so difficult? <laughs> and usually those pages are something that I can easily fix when I edit. And I, but it's, you know, you have those bad days where you're like, why am I doing this? I can't believe anyone's bothering to buy these. Uh, yeah. So, uh, that's, that's where it comes from when I'm like, no, don't, don't compare me to JK Rowling. <laughs> well, I, I stand by my statement. I'm just saying. It's Thank funny. You. We met, we know the, the other author that we know is also was an editor. Like, it seems like that seems a common. Yeah. Background um, for authors. I mean, it, it's, it's it makes sense just because if you're writing that much, you kind of and we're probably a lot of us are probably either English majors or took a lot of English courses or uh, yeah. that. But also, uh, there's some. I'm sure there's like some kind of karmic justice and having to put up with writers and their, <laughs> deal with them and get late stories in and stuff like that. So you're seeing I, both sides of the coin there. Yeah, and feeling a lot more sympathy for my editor. And, <laughs> now, do you, I mean, because we've interviewed her on the show, and I, I'm sure we've mentioned it, but have you crossed paths with Lisa Graff yet? She's our other author friend, writes uh, children's literature stuff. Yeah. Uh, I haven't crossed paths in that I've met her. I think you mentioned her last time? Probably. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I have to give her a shout out because she's an amazing writer as well, and um, we've enjoyed, like, a lot of her books too, so, you know. Nice. Tell your friends. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's funny because she, she was an editor too. Yeah, yeah. But I think that I think you're right. I think that's got to be the English major, and like you need, and that's your practical. I guess that's like the more you know, I don't know, money making. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, you also, I mean, or I also see sort of on Twitter a lot. Like um, editors that I follow will have books that come out after they've been editing for a certain amount of years. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's um, if they got into it thinking about that, or if that's just something that's kind of come up as they've been editing a lot. But uh, I, I definitely see that a lot too. So I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, I know John Hodgman was also a book editor, and that's kind of it. Just something that came up. He never had the wanting to do it, but then he became a TV personality, and then he started writing books. Hmm. That guy's just amazing. He does everything pretty much. Yeah, for real. So speaking of TV and filmed entertainment, I have to ask: Is there any uh, any? Plans or workings about uh, translating any yeah, you of your work the, you into film. You get asked film? this every day on Goodreads. I know it, but I gotta <laughs> ask. Um, it's it's one of those things where I think I probably shot myself in the foot by doing this kind of stuff, like by doing things like Choose Your Own Adventures and just switching genres every book. And I don't know that it would ever be that easy 
or <laughs> profitable for anyone to adapt. Uh, mm-hmm. It's so nothing's happening right now. I mean, um, studios have kind of seen it, and so you never really know. But um, yeah, it's I. This was never really something that I I didn't think about that going in. I was just like, I want to do things with books, about books, about stories, about things that. I mean, I got away from that a little bit in Secret Origins uh, with the comic books, but I it was still comics too. You can really you do it visually, but you get into people's heads, um, mm-hmm. which and that's actually something interesting. I'm gonna just go off on tons of tangents. Like as comics have become more cinematic in a lot of ways, you've gotten rid of the thought balloons and they become much more about uh, whatever you would see in a movie rather than what you could get from a book, which I, is huh. kind of fascinating to me. And if you know, I mean, obviously, I use the thought balloons as a a way for communication in Secret Origins. But that yeah, that, that was, was really those, clever. Um, that was that. <laughs> I didn't know that was going to happen, so that became like <laughs> a way. <laughs> I once I got Owen behind the scenes, I was like, he needs a way to actually communicate with them. And I was like, what if? So this is how I write. Apparently, I, think <laughs> of, I was originally going to do um, captions, and then I was like captions have kind of gone away too for a large part of comics i'm not sure a lot of people would kind of know these things as well but i feel like thought balloons are sort of either from like those what's the artist name's lichtenstein something what am i yeah 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 lichtenstein from either those or just from like pop culture in general i mean whether you're reading like archie comics manga superheroes whatever you're going to see you're going to have kind of taken away some of those tools of a comic book artist, uh, and so I felt like that would be something fun to play with. Obviously, I got a lot of fun out of um, playing with superhero tropes and supervillains and stuff too. But, right. um, but it seems like you definitely have a firm grasp of comics. Is that like a passion of yours? And and or did you just have to do like a ton of research? Like, what was what was that like? Because because Secret Origins just it's, it's it's like a pretty epic comic book story and has a firm grasp of all the tropes so then you can play with them like how how did that come about that's been sort of pretty much my whole life um i, I managed a comic book store for a couple of years out of college oh, uh, wow. and i worked in a comic store through college um but i've been reading since like the 80s i was i started reading marvel i think with gi joe but i was reading huh. a lot of uh donald duck comics because those are amazing like carl bark stuff uh, and then I was also, I, I got from there into, I just started picking up superhero comics at like 7-Eleven and then I got into like the death of Superman and when Batman got his back broken and stuff like that. So I got into DC a little bit. Uh, and from there it just sort of exploded into everything. Definitely into like X-Men and stuff. So um, you're like a collector, like a big time collector or? I, I went from being that I had like 30 long boxes of comics which is Ooh. I. It's probably a couple. I got two, so <laughs> it was. Uh, it, I I I knocked it down to about three, which is where oh, I'm at cool. now. Uh, but I have like six or seven bookshelves of trade paperbacks, so it's not really better. <laughs> it's easier to manage. It's yeah. definitely it's easier to find stuff, certainly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I've I've definitely kind of moving moving. Wow. Moving. I've moved. I've moved in that direction. Uh, just because it's it's sort of I everyone loves books and comics were designed to be sort of uh, temporary. They're they're magazines. They're printed on newspaper for the first however many years. Mm-hmm. Um, so now at this point, I even if I buy a comic, I usually will rebuy it in a trade paperback if I like it enough to kind of keep it, and then I just let the comic go. I'll donate it to the library, recycle it, or something. 
But yeah. What are some of your current faves? Um, I or all-time meant, faves, I guess. Like, I'm, I'm definitely, like, a classic superhero fan. Like, I go from, like, stuff 80s and 90s and early 2000s, like X-Men. And I basically read everything for the longest time, especially when I was working at the comic store. But, like... Um, kind of classic X-Men stuff is a huge favorite. Right now, stuff like Squirrel Girl is huge for me. I yes. Ryan North. Phil just got way oh, into that. I'm totally into that. Yeah. Like, the, the way he works with the footnotes, and it, uh-huh. it doesn't, doesn't even matter that they are, they, like, switch between the narrators and stuff. It's just pure fun. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I love her as a character anyway. Speaking uh, of Ryan North, have you read his Choose Your Own Adventure, Hamlet, and Romeo and Juliet books? So I have them both, and I haven't actually. Uh, oh, they're them. so good! They're so good. I was um, I was just in Texas last weekend at a book festival, and I was talking to the guy who does Cleopatra in Space, um, Mike. I'm blanking his last name. It was really cool, though, and I need to kind of talk to him more. But he suggested I reach out to Ryan North about that audiobook question. Yeah, because he's been doing stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. he's like, even if he's never done an audiobook, he will have ideas on how to do one because the guy is brilliant. So I didn't. Yeah. He is. Definitely, he's very and he's very cool. He's a cool guy. Did you read his run of Adventure Time comics by any chance? Uh, you know what? I haven't only because I don't know anything about Adventure Time. See, I only I mean I like the cartoon, but I only read the comics because he you know wrote them, uh-huh. and he did a whole like a whole run or a whole like issue where it was like a choose your own adventure within the comics, and in order to do the choices, he had these little colored arrows that would take you through the panels, and you had to follow the color you oh wanted to go to the right panel, and it would go across pages, and it was like so complicated, but it totally worked. It was great. Yeah, didn't he, he did that with the Squirrel Girl issue too, right? Oh, maybe. Maybe I haven't gotten to that yet. Yeah. I just bought a whole stack of them, and I'm so working through them. I bought a bunch of them. them so. I haven't read them yet. I okay. need to. I just spoiled that for you then, because he that's does. Okay. And that's, that's kind of like... He does what, amazing stuff with everything. I don't know. I'm yeah. just a big fan. I really like him too, and I I need to like I've got. It's one of those things where I stop sort of reading things when I'm working on that, and so now that mm-hmm. I'm done with uh, pick the plot, I can probably go back and read those. Um, nice. Yeah, and fortunately, because the fifth book really has nothing to do with anything, it's just kind of my world until the very uh-huh. end when it it goes into a um, Phantom Tollbooth kind of book. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! You just said the magic words for Phil. That's like one of my all time favorite books. <laughs> Me too. And this was my original idea for Story Thieves was going to be much more along those lines, um, where like a fictional person who could jump through the worlds would be from that kind of book, where everything <laughs> was very literal. Uh, and that didn't really work out for how I wanted to kind of take things. But now I'm like, you know what? I'm ending things. I can put this in. It's perfect for where somebody has his home. Uh, so I'm going to do it. Uh, uh, and I, it's just kind of like pure fun for me. Because it's there are going to be two halves of the the final or the first like I don't know two thirds of the book will be in halves uh, because the worlds will apparently be apart as the title suggests so uh-huh. people will be working towards one thing and then when they get there I get to throw them into uh, plot holes and uh, metaphoric mountains and stuff like that and it's going to just be a total joy that's awesome that makes me even more excited for it <laughs> I hope I just read it well that's <laughs> you will oh, don't worry I, i'm not concerned you. about that <laughs> <laughs> thank you so um okay i have a this is like a total like left turn here like yeah. subject change but it's pertinent to my current situation you're you don't have to tell me like a city i don't want to like people but what 
Like general region, are you in on the East Coast? Right? Is that correct? Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm outside Washington D.C., sort of in northern okay. Virginia. What's the weather like out there? Phil's about to go up there, and it seems very disconcerting for him. When are you going? Um, <laughs> tomorrow night. Uh, yeah, yeah. You you probably won't be going. Yeah, that's that's my. Con- well, we're actually supposed to fly into New York um, tomorrow night. Isn't there like a blizzard right now? Yeah, they were talking about New York getting like two feet, but that that might be one of those things where New York is used to it, and like Washington D.C., no matter how much snow we get, is never used to it. So it we we just shut down for like days. But <laughs> New York is New York, so they might have flights going in and out tomorrow night. I don't know. It'll but be. It's, it's bad, right? <laughs> it's bad. Yeah, like we're supposed to get like six to ten inches, and that's oh my like, gosh. That's not great vacation planning there. Okay, well, we booked this like last year, and I got like a really cheap deal. It's 130 (laughs) bucks round trip from right here by our house. Oh, that's and I was super excited about it, and now I know why it was only 130 dollars because apparently it's during a blizzard. (laughs) But March is not supposed to be blizzard. Yeah, you know, (laughs) we went to Washington D.C. in March like a couple years ago, and it was fine. It rained a little bit, but it was fine. It was like 80 last week here. For a few days, I mean, this it's is, like ninety right now here, yeah. but it's been raining before that, and I don't know. It's nuts. Weather's crazy. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I don't know. I just figured you could. I, I was hoping you had like, no, it's fine. Don't listen to the news. It's gonna be great. I'm looking outside right now, and it looks. It's kind of well. You guys are from California, right? Yeah. Um, it's it's kind of got. There's a color the sky gets when it's snowing, and it's really like it's dark out, but you can see kind of this weird kind of yeah. hue to everything. So yeah, it's not it's not going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I was afraid of that, but but good. I honestly like if you were to go to any if you were to pick a city like other than like Chicago, uh, I would think New York would be. They would have their stuff together and they'd be able. Then you're going to be driving around. <laughs> well, no, we're not driving in New York, but we're. I mean, we were going to like take taxis and subways and stuff. So I mean, be, subway should be know. great. Yeah, they're underground, right? That, yeah, how could that go wrong? <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, I know it's not talking about books, but I just, I knew, I had to get some info because I'm freaking out a little bit here. <laughs> yeah, I, I would, especially like later in the day, like the snow is supposed to stop here at like, I don't know, 8 a.m. or something. So hopefully New York will stop around then too. Well, that's good. It's a red eye. We're doing a red eye like tomorrow night. So maybe. Oh, yeah. Probably pass. Be fine by then, right? Sure. Yeah. All that for two feet of snow. This is why I'm going to Orlando for my spring break, Bill. <laughs> nice. Uh, Pandora's about to open there. Yeah, I'm going to miss that. I don't know. I looked at some things about it. I'm not feeling it like at all. I'm not going to say what I think because I'm about to go down for a media trip. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be covering it for uh, for my day job. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. Oh, yeah, because you're a travel. Like, So you get to do stuff like that? That's pretty awesome. I don't usually. It's oh, okay. like, because I usually send writers out, but... Uh, yeah. For for things like I, I cover theme parks and national parks as well as just sort of roundups around America and yeah. for for things like this I can go down and shoot like a bunch of videos so it just makes sense to kind of send me down and do a bunch at once and uh, cool I know we've talked about theme parks before but it's like so you've been to like all the big ones I would assume and you've uh, been to like definitely Cedar Point and stuff I, I I have but that was more growing up like okay. I have an I have an amazing writer who knows uh, roller coasters left and right and he goes yeah. to like uh, the convention they have where they like show the new technology every November uh, and he covers that for us. So he does most of that and then I'm like, I'm a Disney fan. I'll go down to Disney World. <laughs> nice. I'm hoping to go to Disneyland for the Guardians of the Galaxy thing. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so Phil, speaking of this, this is totally, again, Phil was freaking out yesterday because um, one of our favorite places in Disneyland, the Village House, which is the Pinocchio-themed restaurant, uh-huh. they have made a, it's they've turned it into Beauty and the Beast because they're celebrating the live-action Beauty and the Beast. It's yes. also where you can get, they have a new menu item called the Gray, the gray Stuff, stuff. Yeah. and everybody's raving about it. Anthony had it. But here's the thing, Phil. That layo that overlay is temporary. It is? Yes. Okay, then so, I'm okay with that. I'm okay. Phil was freaking out that they like <laughs> Okay. Cuz that was like that's been there since we were kids. That yeah. was one of the only restaurants that I ever got to eat as a kid cuz it's the cheap one and my parents were not <laughs> Same working here. over Same for like here. expensive stuff, so. No, I know. I know that is. Um but people are really freaking out about the Guardians of the Galaxy thing. I'm sure you've seen that response. It's, it's I have I've definitely seen that and it's weird to me because that's, Twilight Zone isn't a Disney thing, so why do they care? That's my thing about it. That's that's true, but I, and I I like if they were going to close the one in Orlando, I would that'd probably, be a different story. Yeah, because I mean it's it's kind of the opposite of Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, which I lost my stuff over when they closed yeah. that in Orlando when I was a kid because that was one of my favorite rides. Yeah. And when I I moved out to L.A. for like five or seven years or whatever, and got to go on it enough times to placate me for the rest of my life. <laughs> uh, but it's like as long as it exists in one or the other, like that's okay. It's and still also there. Orlando's the better one, like by far. I I will agree with that. Yeah, but what is. if this Guardians of the Galaxy thing could be totally awesome? It could be. It, I'm sure it will be. It's not that I won't like that. It just makes me sad. Why? Yeah. Just put it. I don't know. It would. It would definitely make me sadder if it was something in Disneyland rather than California Adventure, though. That too. Yeah. Well, which is why the Pinocchio thing hit me. Really, even though it's a <laughs> restaurant, I'm like. Now Pinocchio too? <laughs> yeah, just, I can see that. People That's, get upset a lot about lots of things, and <laughs> oh, I know. At least I don't rant on the internet about it. Yeah. Like, for the most part, you know. Uh, I'm excited to go to Orlando because I'm going to Universal Studios, and uh, I and I and I'm gonna. I want to. I, I I haven't. I went to the um, Hollywood Harry Potter, but mm-hmm. at, in Orlando, as you know, they have. Diagon Alley, they have the Hogwarts Express, they have the Gringotts ride, which is supposed to be awesome. Yes. And I'm going to do all of that stuff. I'm very excited. Gringotts uh, breaks down a lot. Yeah, that's um, what I heard. So, I don't know, are you staying on property? I'm staying, like, in one of the International Drive hotels, like the cheapo ones. Okay. I was just going to say, if you stay on property, like, they usually let you in early. Yeah. Um, in Hollywood, that's what you have to do in order to not wait in line forever. Wow. Yeah, I believe it's, that. It's gotten yeah. pretty nuts. I've heard it's died down, but like when it first, like the lines were so outrageous, but the single rider line is, uh, since I'm by myself, it's kind of the savior for a lot of that. Yeah, that's, that's kind of like, that's the, the same as the fast pass rider thing at, um, Soren in California Adventure, right? Yeah. I feel like if that's the case, then yeah. Um, the only thing I was going to say is, yeah, so Gringotts maybe try early, just because it, <laughs> The other thing we went, I was I was doing uh, like a write up when I was there and I was taking a bunch of pictures. So I was going around with a Universal person, and I totally walked right past Diagon Alley because they don't have any signs of where to turn in for the the brick wall thing. Mm-hmm. And a lot of tourists were just walking right by it too because you you, <laughs> you know where to go to find it because there are signs like directing you that direction, but there's nothing that says like Diagon Alley because it's all within you know the the same kind of set. Like the wall is supposed to hide it, and so yeah. they don't they don't come off and be like, "Here it is, come in here," you know, pointing at the signs. So there were a lot of people just being like, 
where is it? Like, huh. I, they show the night bus. The night bus is like out in the London area, and then you have no idea where Diagon Alley is. So, um, just look on your left. <laughs> Good to know. I'm I'm very excited because unlike Phil, I'm 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 a super Harry Potter fanatic, and so. I like it. It's not to downplay. <laughs> I've enjoyed it very much. It's the other, good stuff. I think they do this in uh, in Hollywood now, but when I first went to Harry Potter World, they didn't have... They had wands, but now they have interactive wands. That, oh, yeah, the interactive wands. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking about it. I, didn't, I haven't done it yet. I, I actually... This is really dumb, but I didn't want to spend the money for it in, in Hollywood, so I just followed around some people that had it and watched them do it just so I could see all the stuff. I was just going to say that. You could just totally just watch other... Because if you stay in one spot near one long enough, there will be somebody... Somebody will do it and then you can follow them. (laughs) That's why they escorted you out with security, huh? No, I don't. I try, you know, in around us. There's so many people, it's it's fine. And in Hollywood, there's like a lot of... I wouldn't say weirdos, but there's a lot of very dedicated people. Like, there was a guy that came up to me, like, in a Hagrid costume, and I was like, oh, wow, that's amazing. And my friend is like, yeah, he doesn't work here. And I was like, okay. Um, uh, not and, creepy. Yeah. And then, like, and then like somebody else was like, yeah, they're here. And there was, like, a whole group of them, and somebody else was like, yeah, they're here every single day. And I oh, was that's like, so weird. that's fun. That's dedicated. I mean, there are people, that's like, the, I just think of the dudes. I mean, there were some special needs folks who, there was like one dude in particular, I remember at Disneyland when I worked there, like, he came in every single day, and he had to be, like, the last person to leave the park. So he would, when we were, like, letting everybody out of the floodgate at night, he would just stand there and tell, and then he, when we gave the all clear, then he would leave. And he did that every single day that's cool wow yeah <laughs> but if that's what you know made him happy and yeah all right james if you could have a theme park attraction based on your writing Ooh. what would it be and which park would you want it at oh my god that's like what superhero power would you have it's, I- it's like that yeah <laughs> uh i i would always have it at disney because i feel like no matter how good universal gets it doesn't quite meet the 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 magic that I feel when I go into a Disney park it just mm-hmm. Disney makes me happy like Universal will impress me and make me like thrill me and all they have like, yeah really cool areas and stuff but Disney just like is joyful for me so I would definitely say Disney I God I would I would be like my stories don't belong here they're not Disney <laughs> but well, uh, they just bought your whole thing so it counts you're like the new Star Wars <laughs> yeah um, it would have to be something about it would probably end up being like a dark ride where you're like like a, a Peter Pan kind of thing where you pass through the pages of a book and you maybe see like Ooh. a mirror image of yourself that does one of those Haunted Mansion things where like instead <laughs> of the, the ghost pulling your head off, it changes you into words and then you morph into the book somehow. Oh, that'd be sweet. Yeah. And then you go through a variety of what would be amazing is if you went through a variety of like Disney books. Oh, oh yeah, you yeah. can tie it all into that. Yeah. yeah. And that then you be... could somehow design the first, like... I mean, I know they've toyed with things like this, but, like, choosing Choose your, your own, own ride. paths, you know? Oh, that would be amazing. Like, remember, did you ever ride, um... I think it was Horizons at Epcot, like, back in the day? I'm sure I did. I don't remember. And it. you could, like, pick your ending. 
and it would be like future world or ocean world, and then it would show like a little like the video changed based on what you well, pick. That's in the, oh yeah, they the, do it in Spaceship, Spaceship Earth now, Earth. I guess. Yeah, but you could like take that to the next level. And like, because I remember thinking, I remember hearing when Indiana Jones and Temple of Renai opened that originally, I don't know if this is true, but like we went on a tour because I was in, I was in band and we got to go back and they toured us around and they made it sound like it was going to be like, I know there is different things that happen in the ride, but they made it sound like it was going to be like completely. You get to choose. Yeah. Like yeah. it was going to be totally like each path was going to be a completely different ride. And I think maybe at the beginning and then they, that seems to be always happened with Disney projects is they kind of end up scaling it down a little bit from what they originally, but yeah. I, th- something like that. I, I don't know. That okay. Be- well, here's, this is my answer. And the reason I ask it is I had an answer. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, because I, I had imagined that it would be uh, the the half upon a time world, uh-huh. and it's a dark ride where you go through like it's it's at Disney, mm-hmm. and you go through and like the different characters that like you have like like a Sleeping Beauty type thing, but it's their like Disney design of them in like your universe like doing their stuff. See, that would just make me like I don't know, kind of bubble up with joy and like just start giggling constantly if that happened but <laughs> because that was such a large part of what I did with Half a Time obviously but it would also just feel so odd because those are like so physically real to me in some way or <laughs> just from going to the parks and seeing like the castles and everything and seeing the characters that it would just feel like I don't know like I, I would certainly go for it like All right. Well, if that ever comes around, you can use that idea. You can pitch that <laughs> to him. You know, just, it's on me. I imagine it kind of because what made me think of it is when Lilo and Stitch came out and they did all those commercials where it would show, you know, yeah. Beauty and the Beast dancing and then Stitch and then comes the Stitch and messes come with in. them. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like something like that, except yeah. it's like, you know, that's your character. Why didn't they make that the Stitch ride instead of that stupid thing that they have? Oh, that would have been cool. Although, didn't they close that, thankfully? It's like seasonal for the moment. Oh, but that needs that means, to yeah. go away for good. That's still annoying. <laughs> The, uh, well, just did you do the the alien encounter version? Phil yeah, did. I, I never got to do it. Was it was amazing. I loved it. Yeah, that was really fun. Yeah. That's why the stitch thing. That's also adds to the annoyance. Like knowing what just, it was. He just burps chili dogs. And in the, and then you read about how like Disney. The main reason why they changed it was because kids were getting scared and parents were complaining. And then you go on the stitch ride and kids still get scared because it's still dark and loud. Mm-hmm. Like so, I'm like this is. This could be like alien blood dripping on me instead of Stitch sneezing in my face. <laughs> you can you can um, always tell your own story while you're in there. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and then because we were supposed to get it in California, and then because because when they did the new Tomorrowland, that was going to be the signature attraction. Then that all just got wiped out, uh-huh. and then New Tomorrowland ended up being horrible. <laughs> yeah, it's all better now. It is all better now, pretty much. They just need to move the rocket jets back to where they were and bring the people mover back, and then we'll be good. Oh, you don't have a people mover, do you? No. Oh. That's why we love going to Florida, because still got the people mover. Yep. You got the carousel of progress. You still got the rocket jets where they're supposed to be. Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse. Yeah. It's yeah. like Bizarro Disneyland. That's what we call it. See, it's it's the exact opposite for me. And when I lived in L.A., I got really used to Disneyland, but it's still, mm. like, even just... Turning the corner in the when you come into the gates and seeing um, Sleeping Beauty Castle up Main Street would always just feel like something was so wrong because Cinderella's <laughs> yeah. Castle just rises so much higher. Yeah, and, uh, and I mean not to mention like the pink versus the blue, but just 
I was always like, what happened here? Yeah, and it's just, it, it's so similar, but it's just off. Yeah. It's just, it's weird. It's a weird feeling. It's, yeah. It's, it's yeah, exactly. It's so similar, and you're seeing Main Street, which is basically identical. Like when you're kind of looking, you know, just walking down the street. Obviously, right. there's a ton of differences, but like it's like you're going down the street of your hometown, and you turn the the corner, and there's a like something completely different where there used to be like an ice cream store. Right. <laughs> Have you gotten to go to any of the uh, Disney parks in foreign countries? No, I would love to do that. I, I got invited to the Shanghai opening, and I wasn't able to go. But I would have, honestly, it would have been like, I would have flown out one day, been there for like a day and a half, and flown back. Oh, that would have destroyed you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just thinking, because I lived, I, I lived in China for a, a, like nine months, and just, though that flight is, it's, it's a killer. <laughs> it's a crazy flight. Yeah, and especially, I'm sure, like... On that were, kind of turnaround, oh my gosh, I can't imagine... And uh, I would have been flying from the East Coast too, so yeah, not, not fun. that would have been even. Ugh. But yeah. Uh, yeah, my my brother's going to Japan for his honeymoon, and I keep telling him like, you gotta go to Disney Sea because like that's my big one. Yeah, and he's like, why would I want to do that? <laughs> he obviously uh, doesn't have the enthusiasm. What a waste of a trip to I'm Japan! Like, oh my gosh, <laughs> if you don't go to like a Disney park or something, or even like their Universal Studios has like a ton of stuff that the other Universals don't have anymore. Yeah, like. And I'm just like anything like that, like because I'm of course. And then my brother's making fun of the fact that I'm the guy that like goes to Japan and then just goes to theme parks. I'm like, I would do other stuff. I would go to <laughs> cool Japanese stuff, and I go to the everything. Miyazaki Museum. You know, yeah, exactly. There's time for everything. Yeah, I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> They're just gonna go eat ramen and I don't know whatever. Okay. See, like the Miyazaki Museum, especially, it would be something. I'd oh yeah, to. I still, I just, I have, I, I've seen because like you're not. Photography and stuff isn't allowed in there, but I've seen some people sneak pictures every once yeah. in a while and stuff, and oh, it looks so cool. And they made those. I I don't know if there were any other shorts other than uh, there was like May in a cat bus short from Totoro. Yeah, that, that they've only shown there, and I'm like, yeah, you can not... only see them there. Like oh, it's crazy. Put that out. I want to see. And this. they've got like merchandise that you can only get there. That's there was right. a minute where they had a bunch of Miyazaki stuff in the Japan Pavilion. Yeah, in Epcot, but I think. Then they took it out. They they still do in the store. They, okay. they sell a ton of it. Uh, it's it's actually gotten bigger as the oh, wow. years have kind of gone by. But yeah, so there's there's more than they used to have. Well, that's good. And a lot of Pokemon stuff. Of course, <laughs> it's everywhere. Phil's very excited to go to the World of Nintendo in New York City. Yeah, that's that's the big attraction for me there. <laughs> do they have special stuff? I mean, I've been there. Is there stuff with a uh, like? Are you are you playing Pokemon Go? Uh, kind kind of. I mean, I did for a bit, but it didn't mm. grab me the same that it grabbed much of the world. I don't know. Yeah, it's fine. I, I think it grabbed them for like um, a month. Are yeah. your kids even talking about it anymore? Yeah, even my kids lost interest. That's the main reason I was even doing it, and they even they're like, okay, we're done. They moved on. We've caught yeah. some Pokemon, but um, I just love Nintendo stuff in general, and I know they have some unique things there and stuff, so. Um, are you gonna get the switch? He uh, has it. Guy got it on day one. Yeah, nice. <laughs> I, uh, actually, a listener of the show helped me to secure a pre-order for it so I could get it when it came out. So, well, that's awesome. I I had a pre-order with Target, and um, for whatever reason, they tried to put it through, and my my credit card was like, "This transaction seems weird." So they flagged it as a fraudulent one and <sighs> called me, and so it didn't go through. So they canceled my pre-order. Ah. Uh. 
And it was way past the time that it would have been. Uh. So I'm like, are you kidding me? That's what you see as fraudulent? It's Target. Target <laughs> is like, it's the most American of all companies. I don't know. So you uh, haven't gotten your hands on it yet? No, I'm sitting here with a, a Zelda version because I got that. Yeah, <laughs> I can't play it. Anything. Well, I had the exact opposite thing happen to me. So my Switch came through, but I pre-ordered Zelda from Amazon. Yeah. And in the meantime, the credit card that we used, my wife lost it, or actually, I think someone stole the information, and so she had to cancel it and get a new one. So when they tried to run it, it didn't go through. And we got back in touch with them the same day, but by that point, they had bumped us down the queue, and I had to wait five days. Oh. So. I went and found a copy at Walmart because they had sold out, but they had like one copy tucked away somewhere. Mm-hmm. And by the time I got home, they had actually shipped it out and I had like another copy waiting for me. I'm willing to bet <laughs> you money that some employee hit it thinking he was clever and he was going to go back and grab it. Because, oh, yeah, because it was like locked under their like private. Like, I their... may or may not have done that yeah. when I worked at Target. Because <laughs> I got the collector's edition, like the big. Like, that was oh, definitely nice. an employee yeah. trying to hide it. So. And then they can't do anything when you do take it because you're not supposed to well, do yeah, that. Yeah, because like three or four people I asked said, no, we don't have any Switch yeah. stuff. It's all sold out. And then one girl's like, oh, I think I saw one over here. That person's going to think of that so. by somebody. <laughs> it's amazing, though. Like, you definitely, like, Zelda is, like, the most fantastic game. So definitely get that. I've been reading. Our Nintendo hating listener, like, loves yep. it. Yeah, I've been reading, like, everything about it. And it sounds like a very different kind of game. From, yeah. like, normal Zeldas, too, which is great. It I mean, is, I, but it has, like, the nostalgic feel to it, but it's completely new and different. Yeah, I mean, it let, like, I would be completely happy with a normal Zelda game, too, but it's, like, I'm also really willing to see what they're going to do with something new. Yeah. So what are you playing currently, or do you have time to play video games? I've been, like, collecting video games, and most of them <laughs> haven't even been opened. They're just <laughs> sitting in a pile. Like, I have, uh, it's, it's getting annoying, because I, I have so many, I've, I, I'm like, Witcher Three was the last game I got where I was like, oh, I'll start playing this soon, and then I didn't, and then they piled up from there. I was just telling Phil that yeah. I have Witcher Three sitting by, and I haven't opened it yet. <laughs> yeah. So hey, you're in, you're in good company. So. Which and it's apparently supposed to be an amazing game. Yeah, everybody like, says it's amazing, and I, it's the kind of thing that I'll probably like fall. That's the other thing is my problem is I I sometimes hesitate to even play those games because I know I'm gonna like fall into it. Like I kept putting off Fallout, and it was probably for the best because then once I did start playing it, like 150 hours later, I was like, oh gosh. <laughs> so I know like it's gonna be awesome, but it's just do I have that kind of time to commit to things? And yep, I know what you mean. And so, so then yeah. I'll just play some dumb game on my phone or, you know, whatever. I've been actually playing um, uh, Box Box Boy on my 3DS. Oh, Phil oh. loves that game. Love those games. The, the, I I had played the first one all the way through, and then the second one I played and kind of lost. I, I kind of got distracted in something, and I didn't finish it. And then when they just announced that 3 is coming out, like, this month, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, wow, I need to finish the second one quick. So I've been going back. Um but yeah, like so. I mean, I'm doing the same thing with Zelda though. Like, I I picked up all the amiibos, which previously I hadn't cared about. But now uh-huh. that I I know you can get stuff with them in the game, I'm like, all right, I need all those now because I want all the like the swords and stuff. So I had to like track down all these amiibos that, fortunately, most of them were still pretty easy to find. But yeah, yeah, they kind of amiibos. It's because it went through a period where it was impossible to get yeah. anything, and now it's kind of it's kind of easier to bit, get yeah. Yeah. a lot of stuff. Phil was like. Right in there with the hardcore collecting. I have a lot of amiibos sitting around, let me tell you. 
But most of, like, I don't play Smash uh, Smash Brothers, though. So, like, mm-hmm. most of them are not really useful, right? Well, they, they do a lot of stuff and a lot depends of different things. Game. It depends on the games. Yeah. It's one of the reasons I like them as far as, like, the toys to life, because they don't just work in one thing. You know, you can... And, and some of them are... You just get a little item, but it's cool to me that you can Like in Mario stuff. Kart, you get, like, costumes, yeah. and then, like, in Hi- Hyrule Warriors, you get Like a daily stuff. item and yeah. stuff, so it's cool. That's cool. Yeah. I was playing a lot of Hyrule Warriors for a while. That was a pretty fun game. That was one of the ones that I, I, I played a bunch, too, right before I kind of went off the cliff of not playing much except for my phone. <laughs> um so I need to get back to that. It's just it's it's like getting intimidating. It's like a pile of books at this point. Like I'm like, <laughs> it's easier just not to read any of these and read something new. Uh, and that's probably what I'll end up doing with video games. Um, I'm kind of thinking of uh, going full time with writing eventually. And then once oh, I man. do that, um, <laughs> it'll probably be more like full time video game playing. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but at least I'd have more time during the day um, yeah. to kind of devote. To, to something very important like video games, because um, well, for sure, Phil and I were just—we've been talking about like you. It seems like the response to your books is definitely growing. We have people that have been like hearing about it that don't normally aren't plugged into the the way we are to the whole book world, you know. Mm-hmm. And so it seems like things are growing. And our for local you. Barnes and Noble, like there was a pretty awesome spread for uh, for um, the the most recent story thief. So. Nice. Has that been noticeable for you? Uh, yes. So they've they've also been um, they're in Target and Walmart's now, which is pretty oh, amazing. Um, yeah, they're definitely. I mean, I oh, I, I hit the New York Times list last year. Oh, congratulations! Um, so that was that was incredible. Um, just yeah, everything like everything's going really well. Um, I could I could write full time at this point if I wanted to. So that's a great feeling, but. Uh, it's kind of a question of like, oh, I'd be giving up healthcare, and that's yeah. an interesting time to do that. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. Not sure if it's the greatest time to try and go out on your own when it comes yeah. to that. Kind of waiting to see how some things shake out and uh, various other stuff. But it's yeah, everything's going really well. Um, my well, publishers thrilled, and like they would have kept going with story thieves as long as I wanted, which is amazing. Uh, just kind of feel like they are happy with it and they wanted to do more, and I was just like. Uh, I don't, I, I feel like there's certain characters that you can go forever with. And then there are certain people, um, especially Owen and Bethany in particular, because I, I had a very set, um, character arc for both of them. Um, and the way things are going, I mean, a lot of the story thieves books, but I guess in all of them, they're very much about balance, uh, and two sides that would do better if they were, um, living in harmony rather than fighting against each other. And that keeps coming up throughout the books. And that's a, that's kind of a, a metaphor for Bethany. You know, she's she tries to deal with her kind of non-fictional guilt while getting a thrill out of, like, taking risks and being more fictional, like Keel tells <laughs> her in the first book. Um, so the way things work out um, at the end of book four, which I won't spoil, but it, it definitely comes to a head and then book five resolves everything. So it's like, I don't... I don't know that I could, um, I couldn't really go further with them as characters. I could do more with them with stories, but I, I want to still be able to, you know, have them growing and, and changing. Mm-hmm. And, um, so that's why I was also thinking of doing more of like a Doctor Who kind of thing. So I could bring in new characters to kind of, 
uh, play off the ones I have and then sort of have new places they can go. And of course I would have Owen meet whoever the new uh, companion is. <laughs> right. Just like they occasionally do in Doctor Who and make it really weird and awkward. Well, I, I fully approve of that. Uh, I think that's a great way to go with it because there's nothing worse than like a series that doesn't know when to like wrap it up and then, you know, it feels like it's milking it instead of, yeah. you know, making a good natural conclusion to the story. Yeah, this five books was always what I had plotted out. So, uh, and they talked for a while. They, my editor was trying to convince me to go with my original ending, maybe after like seven books. And I was, I, I didn't, it didn't feel right. It didn't feel right to kind of pat it, and it didn't feel right with the way things had already been set up, just in my mind. Um, And I, I mean, it's a great problem to have. I (laughs) I would certainly rather have that than be like, you need to finish this up in three books. You know. But it's uh, it just given that I I can choose I, I want to go with what kind of feels right so um, yeah and it's 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 easy to be excited by something new anyway and I am very excited about this new idea uh, so after I've kind of finished this I'm going to give myself a little bit of time and then jump right in um, and hopefully that'll be a little less complicated I, it'd be kind of nice not to uh, rack my brain just to figure out. <laughs> chapter by chapter <laughs> of a book for once and how multiple levels of things work. It'll be a little more straightforward. No no meta stuff for once. At least not too obviously. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's we've definitely enjoyed the various levels of complexity, so we appreciate you going through all that for Thank our you. sake. <laughs> Thank you. I, I one of the I I love getting little reviews from kids where they're like they'll write in and be like, Hey I love your books. They're really confusing. Like, oh. <laughs> I I one of my favorite things to do I do it every couple days is read all your responses to questions on Goodreads because yeah. oh, these kids wow. are just so invested in it like in a way that I couldn't possibly be invested because I'm not a kid yeah and like I just and I think about if if these came out when I was a kid how obsessed I would be with them. Cause like I was obsessed with books like the Westing game and like all these kind of meta really like things where you had to like, there's like a whole thing going on and, oh, yeah. and, and so it's, it's kind of fun just to read their enthusiasm it's, and, and you're very generous with your responses and uh, it's really so, cool. It's, it's kind of funny. Like on one hand, I just answered some questions about like, somebody was like, I want to make fan art. So can you tell me the details of every like eye color <laughs> and like all these different things? And I, I was just honest and like i honestly i would pick your own because i'm not good with details and if i told you one thing now i would forget it like <laughs> and it's it's totally true i have no idea what any of my characters eye color are i don't get that i don't i don't i'm not a visual thinker i'm more of like the idea uh and kind of what they're feeling and what their like motivations are but it doesn't ever come to me like like what it, it doesn't matter to me if owen has like brown hair or, or auburn hair or like it's all based on whatever the covers are, basically, at this point. Right. Um, and that artist is amazing anyway. Uh, but it, it's... I, I already see them in my head, and I don't see to the point of, like, I'm staring them in the face and I can see their eye color. I just see that, how they're reacting. Uh, so I, I don't want to be, like... I don't want to put... I certainly don't want to, like, discourage them. And fan art's amazing, and I love it. Especially because <laughs> I don't think that way. But it's also like I don't want to, and I, I hope I'm not disappointing them. But it's like I want to be honest with them and say I'm just not that kind of writer. 
who I'm not J.K. Rowling, who has like uh, the um, ancestry of every one of her characters, like four generations back. <laughs> it's amazing, and I love those kind of books because there's so much thought put into the details. But it's just not kind of um, it's not who I am, and so I have those kind of questions. And then I have like uh, the other ones I feel bad at. I just had somebody on Goodreads ask um, if I could come to a school. Oh and, yeah. And I was like, I tried to be nice about it. And I was like, oh, you know, I don't think your your teachers or your principal would like that. And he's like, okay, I'll go ask them. And he's like, I asked my teacher. She said it's good. And I'm like, <laughs> thanks thanks to your teacher for throwing me under the bus. <laughs> right. And then I was like, well, you know, I don't actually know where your school is. And I probably couldn't come because I'm trying to write, you know, my fifth book. And I was just like, thank you very much to the adults there who were just like, yeah, <laughs> right. tell him he's I'm welcome. Come. Yeah. <laughs> Right to yeah. that guy on the internet and have him come to our school. It's cool. Yeah, that's fine. Just give out where you live to. Right? <laughs> like that, not- it is crazy though. Like I can't imagine like when we were kids having been able to just ask the authors of the books I was reading questions like and have them answer. Yeah, yeah. that's a really cool like place for these kids to be in. You but know? then like, do you have like this with great power comes great responsibility type thing like? There is uh, very little responsibility on their end, but that's, <laughs> I mean, it's, I, I, I'm joking on that because there, there are occasionally kids who get upset or, or whatever, just because you can't give them as much mm-hmm. uh, as what they want. But it's, uh, I used to write letters to authors when I was a kid and whenever they wrote back, that was the most magical thing. And like, I, I go and do school visits all the time and like kids really do kind of look at you like you're kind of a rock star, which is so opposite the case that it's kind of like, <laughs> it's an amazing feeling. Uh, and so whenever I do get questions, no matter like I, there, there'll be times where I let them sit for a while because I'm just like so anxious or whatever. I'm like, I, if I tried to answer this right now, I'd probably um, not, I, I don't want to like make the, whoever asked it feel like they're putting me out in some way because that's not what it's about. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is it's 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 one of those weird things where they have such close access and they feel like they've kind of grow up grown up in this world where they do have that kind of access so they kind of feel like they can ask whatever they want and sometimes it's like well I don't want to say that or I don't want to really bring this up I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to tell you my home address uh, <laughs> uh, so I, I there are things like that and for a while there were questions on my site where they were like how old are you why don't you tell us how old you are and I was just like First of all, because <laughs> I don't want to tell you. <laughs> Second of all, like you shouldn't give out personal information on the internet just in general. So I use yeah, that as kids. But it was like, right. yeah, I don't. You don't need to know that I'm about to turn forty. <laughs> yeah, it's not fun to admit. No, we're in that same range there too. I'm, I'm thirty eight. It's scary. Yeah, I'm, I'm coming up on forty in like two months, and I'm terrified. <laughs> It's fine. I mean, you've got, you know, like a whole successful book series at least, you know. We got a we have a podcast that's successful, so yeah. there you go. That makes me feel better. Exactly. <laughs> it's something to show. It's we that's right. We've we've got some stuff. It's true. <laughs> we, some stuff. we just did what, what how many episodes are we at now? This is like three thirteen or three hundred and thirteen episodes, nice. I think. Wow. So, you know. That's amazing. It's a it's a lot of hours of us talking on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible though. Uh, yeah, we're, I mean, you know, it's been, it's been great. It's been, it's offered us a lot of cool opportunities. We've gotten to meet some really cool people like you, um, which is cool. I was really, um, I, I've been kind of upset that I haven't gone back to LA because I really want to go. Was that your, that Barnes and Noble that I saw you guys at? Was that the store that you usually shop at? It's not, but I mean, what, that's like that 35 far. minutes from our house, something like that. So it's not, yeah. it wasn't too bad to go to it. Oh, cool. The, uh, the children's book person there is a friend of mine, uh, because I, I, 
her mother's a teacher, and so I kind of went to her her mother's school a bunch uh, okay. when I was first starting out with Half Upon a Time books. Um, and so I I love to get to that store, and I I'd like to come back to LA. And I'm going to be touring in October, and then again in the spring. So I'm hoping at least one of those times I get oh, back yeah, to LA. Nice. So um, people can find your tour dates on their web on your website. Yeah, uh, I don't know mine for October yet. When when you have them? Yeah, it's usually because I'm like, sure people would want to know. It's like three months out usually is when I find gotcha. out at least the cities and the book uh, the bookstore names, and then like it's a little um, closer when I actually get like times and stuff. But yeah, it's always kind of exciting because I have no idea. I went to like St. Louis. I did a bunch in the Midwest this time. Yeah, and it went, cool. it went well. Is it, is it cool just going and seeing people at, with like with your books and everything? I mean, that's got to be pretty cool. The the first kind of the first few times I toured, I was I toured with Brandon Mall. Uh, that's when you guys saw me. I yeah, was yeah, with yeah. him. So it was never too bad because people would show up for him, and then I'd be like, "Hey, I'm here too." <laughs> uh, but it there were some times where it'd be like people would be lined up for him for miles, and I would just be talking to the bookstore people. So that was a little. Uh, <laughs> It was humbling, but uh, yeah. So this this past tour, especially, just having people, you know, like filling the seats in a bookstore is such a huge, kind of amazing thing to me at this point. That it's just I'm thrilled whenever anyone's ever heard of the books. Um, so to have people come up and ask me questions, it shows they've read them. Um, I had an amazing girl in um, Phoenix. I don't know. If she, I don't think she was from Phoenix, but she. Uh, had read the half upon a time books and done school projects and like her sister had made yarn dolls about uh, Jack and May <laughs> and it was so cool and she like she just telling her story made like the bookseller start crying and it was so that was just amazing and there was like no feeling in the world like that that's um, awesome yeah so that those kind of things completely make up for like getting up at 4am and flying flying to a new city every day but it's just it's so cool to meet people who like who like what you put out there well hopefully if you make it to the um what was that montclair, montclair. i think is the one yeah. yeah yeah if you make it out here again we'll definitely come by and and say hey we'll let you know this time so we don't like uh, <laughs> sneak up on you no that was cool though. that was a cool surprise i had no idea that i was gonna actually know anybody that was fun <laughs> Well, it was, uh, it was, it'll feel better having you know we're there and we're not just like the creepers at the back of the line that, you know, <laughs> waited, waited there to talk to you at the end, so. No, there were, there are always like the, the most amazing people, um, but there will always be sort of slightly odd people at any bookstore signing. It's usually the people who have no idea who you are and they just come and they like interrupt kids and they they like to ask their own questions. <laughs> So yeah, do you read my manuscript? Yeah, how do I become an author? And okay, eight year old, please be quiet. I'm trying to ask an important question. <laughs> yeah, uh, do you get? I mean, I, I know we specifically go through and read, you know, like young adult and kid fiction and stuff for our show, and you know, for fun. Do you get a lot of adults that read it too? Like, because I feel like. Although I, I feel like it. these are for like, everyone. I yeah. feel like more people our age should be reading these yeah. books. Um, I mean, I write them for me, so I kind of write them for hopefully any age. But I, for the most part, um, uh, it, it's definitely like kids who have who've reached out to me about it. Mm -hmm. I haven't yeah. heard from many adults. Every so often, I get something like um, early twenties. Usually, is kind of the oldest. Um, but mm -hmm. it's it's also like they're not. If, if you don't go into the kids section of like a Barnes and Noble, you're not going to see them, right? Yeah. Uh, because they're sort of not out in the the main part. They they are every so often, but not. Like well, at our local of, one, they had like a display as you walked in the front. Oh wow! So yeah, 
That's fun. Down in Redlands? In, uh, yeah, the Redlands one. Nice. Cool. Um, but it's, I think it's just that kind of thing where you don't sort of get exposed to it. Whereas like YA is sort of out in the main yeah, uh, yeah. part of the bookstore. So it's not kind of, I don't know, yeah. set off. Um, well, it's one of the reasons that we do like do the book club on our show like that because the whole idea behind it is that there's so many good stories that as adults we don't read or we forget about because, oh, it's kids stuff. And I'm like, these are great stories that we should still be reading and talking about. So that's why we do it, you know. <laughs> it's great. And I, I do ever, actually, I do hear from parents every so often that they'll be reading the books to their kids and be like, oh, and I really like them too. And that's kind of amazing. Like, you, they, they talk about reading them quickly first so that they know what's going to happen before they read them to the kids and be like, mm-hmm. I couldn't stop reading. And that's a huge compliment, obviously. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well, We've been. We, I think we've kept you for a while. Yeah, we should so. probably let you get to bed since you're in, you know, in a <laughs> blizzard situation coming up here. <laughs> Does mean I might get to work from home, so that'll be good. Well, that's but, good. Yeah. yeah. Um, thank you so much for having me again. Yes, to thanks you for being on, and are always welcome to come back. And looking forward to the next book. So that's going to be in September, correct? Uh, yeah, September like 26th or something. Uh, uh-huh. And I'll probably be out and about on tour right around then too, but. Get those uh, pre-orders in. <laughs> Only if you, you know, if you want to find out what happens. But we do. There's Very exciting. definitely do. <laughs> the, uh, the cliffhanger in book four is worse than the cliffhanger in book three, too. Which is, Phil's uh, a choose-your-own-adventure fanatic. Like, I love him, too, but Phil actually still has his whole collection. Yes. I wish um, I still I, had mine. Yeah, I was, so was going to ask you one last question. Um, yeah. Do you have a favorite choose-your-own-adventure book? Um, there was one that I looked for for years when I was a kid. It was, I don't remember the title of it, but it, the cover was like a boy or a girl sitting on a throne and it was a Mount Olympus. It was like the Greek gods, uh, choose your own adventure. And I, I saw that like on the back of the book or somehow. And I was like, I want that book because I love Greek myths growing up. And when I finally got that one, that was like huge for me. There was also a Robin Hood one that I always wanted for the longest time. Oh yeah. Nice. Um, but yeah, they I and then there's that whole interplanetary spy book series that I I had like every book. It was only like 13 books, but they were all amazing. Um What time period was that from? Was that like the 80s or Yeah, definitely like mid mid 80s, I think. Okay. That was definitely cuz there was all kinds of I just remember yeah. there was so many like that's like again, like we said that's like a whole genre that like went away basically. Mm-hmm. Like there were so many different ones. Because I, I remember I, I, I've been reading these history of, like, role-playing game, role-playing game books that are, like, I, about the whole industry. Yeah, I saw those. And uh, and one of them talks about, I think it was, like, it was some company and, like, game books. Because they were, like, role-playing game books. And it was just this explosion in, like, and then, but then, of course, because there was, like, a whole glut of them, then there was a huge crash. And then nobody would make them anymore. Yeah. And because it just was one of those things. Yeah, I feel like that's it, it's not a, it doesn't happen as much in kids books as I mean I I think there are trends like that but uh you see it or I hear about it all the time in YA with like um where they go from like vampires to angels oh, to whatever yeah. and it's like well we're we're past that trend now and we're into <laughs> kids with cancer or whatever and then they keep going through whatever. <laughs> There's a lot of those kids with cancer books. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a whole genre. It is. A friend of mine calls those like award winning. Or the, oh, the, yeah. award, the award books 
It's kind of yeah. like the Oscar movies. Where yeah, yeah definitely. Type yeah. stuff, yeah. yeah. So what's your favorite Choose Your Adventure book since um, you're the... Easy answer. I love a lot of them. I mean, I love them all. Um, is it You Are a Shark? It's not You Are a Shark, although I like that one. Uh, Chimney Rock is a great one that's as well. My, that is my favorite because I love haunted house type stuff and like that was like going around in a haunted yeah. house situation. Yeah. But my favorite was, I think it's, I want to say it's book seven, but maybe it's ten. It's in the first like ten of them and it was called Who Killed Marlo Thromby? And it's almost Whoa. like that clue, the movie, where you're going through and you're, like, interviewing people and you cho- you actually solve the mystery. And there's, like, one mm-hmm. answer that's you figured out the mystery. And, oh, and that's you- so cool. Oh, nice. I love that one. It's great. Some of those, like, 70s ones. I love – I also love, like, the super weird ones. Like, because yeah. there were some really weird ones where you get just really crazy. I remember there's a cracked article all about, like, the weirdest ones. Like, there was one where, like, you end up, like, becoming one of the terrorists and, like, oh, yeah. just all kinds of stuff like that. Whoa. And, like, just cr- – and then also crazy horrific death scenes and other <laughs> things. Like, because there, there was a lot of weird ones. I'm going to look stuff. up the cracked article now. Yeah, I know there's definitely one because I was. Yeah. And, cause, and then, because then they did start republishing them like a few years ago. And then there was actually. With some new, new numbers, ones. though. They like Chronicles and, of Narnia yeah. it, which drove me crazy. Well, oh, that's Because right. then there's the whole saga between like R.A. Montgomery and then like, I guess there was some kind of big schism between the guys that created them. And then it caused some they further. They chose different paths. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but that whole saga is pretty interesting to read about. And then like. Because a lot of people are convinced that there was like so tons of ghostwriters, and then it turned out to not be the case. Like there was wow. pretty much just a few guys. I mean, there was some guys that wrote a bunch, but like different ones. But most of them were written by like a couple people. Well, well they're good writers. I need to look this well, all up now. Okay, well, we really do need to let James yeah, go. Yeah. James, if you want, uh, if you'd like to tell us some places we can find you on the internet where you want people to find you. Oh, sure. Because <laughs> you don't want them to find you. <laughs> uh, JamesRileyAuthor.com is, that's like my blog. It's on Tumblr. It's got like links to Twitter and Facebook and everything. Awesome. Excellent. Yeah. Good reads, of course. You've got a great profile there for people who are on that. Yeah, yeah that's F- that, follow you on there. That's like linked to my blog. So everything I post on my blog goes up to Goodreads too. So yeah. Sweet. Awesome. Nice. Excellent. Well, thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you, yeah. guys. Thank you, thank you. All right, well, that's going to do it for us this week. Be sure to go to RadioBrendo.com and um, also get on the Facebook group because hopefully we'll be getting some updates from the Phil's vacation. Yeah, if, I, if the internet works uh, in the blizzard, we'll, we'll see what happens. And then, um, and then I'm going to be leaving on vacation. So I think starting next week uh, you're going to get – we got a couple. We're going to be recording some more. We got all kinds of interesting things. And then we've got some the like stuff from Long Beach Comic Con. We got some stuff from this past week's Los Angeles comic book and sci-fi convention that we did. We've got a couple other things. There's going to be some interesting episodes coming up since we're going to be just some vacation stuff. So stay tuned for that. And uh, you can hit us up at uh, brendoman at gmail.com. And again, RadioBrendo.com, BenviewNetwork.com for all the other Benview Network shows. You've got a special episode of Alex P. Keaton is My Friend. I do. It should already be up by the time. And it's with, who is it with? Who's your guest? His name is Josh Holes from the, um. He's, he's the damn Daniel kid. Yeah, from the viral video. (laughs) (laughs) Phil has a podcast where he talks about family ties and. And I got a viral video star on it. And it's a weird story, which you have to listen to the episode. Yeah, listen to that episode. That's alexpkeatonismyfriend.com. That's it. And you got New Mandarian Orange Show? Yep. That'll be up tomorrow. will be a new one. All that going on. So thank you, everybody. And uh, thank you again, James. It was great having you. Thanks, guys.
And uh, for Radio Brendo Man, I'm Brendan Creasy. And I'm Phil Vecchio. Have a good one, everybody. And John Goobang Do. is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com. I'm Mark from Comic Nerds Unite, and this is my hetero life mate, Tim. What's up, Mark? And what's up, world? Comic Nerds Unite is a comic book podcast, plain and simple. Our mission statement is bringing nerds together to talk comics. So we pick a book or graphic novel that we all read and discuss it at length. Then we talk about some of the books we read for the week. I love comics! Me too, buddy. Check us out on ComicNerdsUnite.com or on iTunes. Comic Comic Nerds Nerds Unite. Unite!